0: Welcome back. This is the 12th episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Joining me today to talk about lyrics, spoken word, and vocals is producer and performer Lucrecia Dalt.
1: I'm gathering up skins. I'm gathering up skins and blowing them up like balloons. Breath-filled and moving about in a dozen days. A fleshless meandering. An organless freedom. A sharply delineated fog. An airy ego. A warm cloud.
0: Born into a musical family in Colombia, Lucrezia started making music herself after a brief stint as a geotechnical engineer in Medellín. She quickly became involved in her home city's music scene, putting out EPs on a local label before moving to Barcelona, and eventually Berlin, where she is still based today. Her latest release, Anticlines, came out on RVNG International earlier this year, a thoughtful and often unsettling mix of ambient, spoken word, and textural drone that makes for a truly singular body of music.
1: I wanted to fill you up with my exhalations and drink out all your flesh but keep your bones and skin still flawless. And blow through the tiny opening that above your scalp until all there was was a perfect you and a perfect me and breath and shape and pressure.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. No, my pleasure. So as a singer, a songwriter and a music producer, uh, what weight do words hold for
1: you? Hmm. Um, well, I guess it has changed through time and especially with the last um, record, uh, Antic Lines, I was paying more attention to that because the album before that, I wanted to have words on that, but I got really blocked at the stage of trying to write uh, lyrics or poetry or, or, or something and try to incorporate that into it. That in the end it became like a just an instrumental uh, album. And before that I had, let's say, traditional singing in which words were there, but a little bit more instrumental. Like I didn't, I wasn't paying so much attention to, to, to the relationship I could have with text or, you know, like I was maybe improvising something with the voice and then I was accommodating text. But in this case, everything started because of two things. I started to work with a visual artist and we did some works in which she wrote text and I had to work with that. And then I also met with, um, Henry Anderson, which is the one that I made, that I worked these, um, lyrics with. And, um, he has been, he has been working with text more extensively, I would say. And we met in this residency in Portugal and we started to work together, like to write texts and, um, try to synchronize our, ourselves, uh, into saying that and, uh, All the difficulties that that brings because he's from australia i'm not like a native english speaker and then i could just spontaneously put the accent in the wrong word but that was like the whole idea like how we try to very slowly without learning the text try to do it together and then i thought for this record i would love to first work the text and then with that start Like uh, making a music. Is that generally
0: how you approach it? Or normally it's music first? Yeah,
1: music first. Always like this was... I mean, I was, of course, like um, starting to design sounds and patches and uh, work with the synthesizers and have a general idea of how I would approach uh, sound. But this was like the first, 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 uh, like uh, work (laughs) that I did for the record. So... I guess when you have that and, and when I had like that um, document, you know, everything was, I don't know, more fluid and different as well. I was making a, a piece and then suddenly I start to improvise with the, along with the text that I was having and everything sort of makes sense, like in a, in a more spontaneous way, which is what I wanted to achieve I guess also when you work with spoken word, everything is a little bit more elastic as well. It could be, I mean, it depends. But in this case it was, so it felt like a very natural process. And then I thought, I don't know, i just do it.
0: What do you mean by elastic, like in terms of, I don't know, pronunciation of the words or whether or not something makes sense literally or... Well, because
1: maybe when you have a melody in your head and you try to put words into that... It's trickier, I would say. But when you have only text and you are trying to incorporate that into a piece, I feel it's more about like a sense of rhythm that I think I do have, you know, like uh, from being from Colombia and stuff. So um, it was like I was taking the text and it was very quickly, you know, like I could, I could, I don't know, make a word a little bit more elastic and, and make it last longer or make it shorter because it made sense in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess this is something that really happens with English, you know, like in Spanish, that quality is really difficult to achieve, I would say, because I feel, or it's maybe because I'm not native as well, that I feel less, less responsibility for not putting the accents where they really? belong, <laughs> but... um but also in Spanish, I do feel like when you do that, it's it's really strange. It's feel, it's really all. Oh, then I really don't like it I don't know so maybe that's
0: because you're a native Spanish speaker yeah no, maybe exactly. if I did it you'd be like yeah
1: definitely no I mean there is a lot of irresponsibility for sure in this record and I like that approach because it's like okay well this is the way I pronounce yeah. it and this is the way I say this kind of word
0: so have you always been that way like have words always had this importance or value or significance for you like as a kid
1: Not really. No, I think this is completely a new thing for this work, specific to this work. So when did you feel that change, I guess? Was it just for this record? Yeah, it was for this record and as I mentioned because of these collaborations that I was having and also because I wanted to to have like uh, different layers of meaning in the record. Of course, there's f- the first encounter you have with the record is music or not, I don't know. Maybe someone reads the text and this is the first encounter, but for me I thought okay, this is an opportunity to bring together like all these themes and um that I was trying to to make sense of them and then put them in the lyrics. So there is a lot of uh, meaning through that, but then the music also has like a parallel existence to that. Like I'm not trying to connect the two concepts together, you know, like I'm talking about, I don't know, like a um, certain type of geology. I'm not trying to make music that sounds like a specific thing, but it just somehow makes sense together.
0: Do you think that the value of words has changed since you've started learning more languages? Like, I'm sure you speak a little bit of German and Mm. English, even, like, learning different dialects, like slang words in English, for example. Like, do you think that that gives your words
1: more value? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It could be both. It could be actually the opposite sometimes, (laughs) you know, because also here, trying to learn German and forgetting my Colombian accent, like, I do feel like I'm this hybrid source of... uh, very strange way of talking you know in in every language that i use because even spanish now like my accent is completely distorted to a colombian person i sound kind of spanish to a spanish i sound from many places you know and so i don't know it's really it's really strange but i guess this this is a more complex thing than only words What have you
0: noticed about the way that different cultures that you've lived in, like in Medellin and Barcelona and Berlin, what have you noticed about how they approach or embrace words, things like wordplay or tone of voice or expressions? Do you find that there's a big difference in the different cities you've lived in? Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. I mean, between Colombia and uh, Spain, almost everything. I mean, I remember the first time I got to Spain to live it was very difficult for me to differentiate when people were mad or at the edge of being very mad to just discussing something. Like, uh, sometimes I would ask my partner, like, is this, are they are they about like to hit each other or something? And they were, no, this is just normal Spanish just way. Just passionate of, speaking. Yeah, because um, there is definitely more confrontation in spain is is like very natural to confront one another and this i feel doesn't exist in colombia so much like people is very uh, respectful in the way they say things and if they want to tell you something specific they go around it like so much Oof. what if if maybe but you don't have to say it now but if maybe <laughs> and don't worry if it, you're like say it. very polite yeah. <laughs> same yeah, in Canada <laughs> exactly so it's uh, it's really funny like to see the comparisons and also see myself now like um yeah like I said this kind of hybrid i multicultural being and not really knowing like how to how to be but i really like that i mean it's it's nice to be affected by everything do you think that
0: there are different types of value for the different contexts that words are spoken in for example words in a political speech versus the lyrics to a song like do you think that the context kind of gives more significance or value to certain words, even though it's maybe
1: the same words. Absolutely. And I also, this is something that, for example, I I try to play with, you know, like um, sometimes I, I say that my performances are lectures, kind of, but also because there is a, an attitude, because if you change that attitude, the same poetry as if I was a... I don't know, like a chemical engineer trying to explain something, you know, my attitude completely changes. And I really like that, like to put yourself in another context to explain something else or to speak poetry from the point of view of I don't know what. This is an exercise I like to play with, especially live. Have you always
0: been interested in words, whether that's written or spoken or sung or what have you?
1: Not always, no, definitely not. This is more like an interest that I develop here because of the works of people that I discovered or um, or because, yeah, interaction with people that give a lot of value to towards like Henry. This is something new and this is some, something that I'm exploring. I don't know if it's going to um, remain, you know, in my work uh, or how. Definitely... I could see myself working in the future with more languages and more, like, complex forms of different languages because, I mean, this is already what I am. And this work in particular, The Antique Lines, was in English because it was an exercise I did with someone, uh, with a writer from Australia. But um, But I would say in the future, maybe I will change that, but... Who knows.
0: So can you talk a bit about your family and how they impacted your love of music and songwriting? I read for example that your grandfather used to remove the vocal tracks on cassettes so he could record over
1: them. Especially in the side of my mother's there is a there is a big weight for music. I mean it's more like a just just pure enjoyment just because they like it, you know. My mother has been a record collector all her life and I remember I don't know a guy coming when I was a child. A guy coming with records, and then she deciding, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> buy this one, or maybe not this one." But um, and also, music was present always, yeah. traditional and folklore and um, music from there definitely. Yeah. But I guess in my family, there was a little bit of interest in in of course in traditional music from Colombia, but also. My mother loved uh, Spanish music ballads and stuff. And then my father also some American music. So, yeah, it's always been there. And definitely I only appreciated or only started to see, like, all, all these relations recently, you know, because it was part of my background, you know. But then just now is when I think, like, wow, it's so huge, you know, like to my partner, sometimes we're playing each other tracks and almost every day I have to show him something. Music was very, very present. But definitely not anything too sophisticated. I mean, it was more like popular boleros, salsa, traditional music from there.
0: Do you think that those experiences with music early on in your life have sort of impacted the way that you think about music or songwriting or lyrics, maybe even without you knowing it?
1: Lyrics, not so much, I would say, because definitely lyrics right now is the work of of a very conscious process of putting themes together but rhythm and melody probably has been influenced definitely by things that I listened in the past or yeah especially rhythm and this is something that sometimes I do you know like I, I want to grasp the essence of a boleto and try to bring it to my machines that have nothing to do with that and then see what happens and sometimes really interesting things happens because you displace like the the essence of the key and then something different comes out of it and I really like that but this is an exercise I do sometimes I also just spontaneously work and then see what happens you know I
0: imagine those kind of creative processes where you just see what happens are sometimes the most fruitful
1: it's all kinds I mean I I have i really have no method i would say like maybe just out of working there is a some kind of method but i never try to program too much like my way of working because otherwise it becomes a little bit boring or sometimes or i had the experience before that i applied to a residency and then i wrote a proposal in which everything was kind of defined like i'm going to work with films from germany and do this and this and that and then when i while i was doing that it was very hard because it's like forced to 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 feel or to be or a certain way which is very hard for me for me to do so what i learned from that is that i just have to like put a lot of ideas like in a that start to have like its own logic or something and from there i work but i don't I never say never to something that maybe I thought I would never include, I don't know. But I do put certain limitations because sometimes I think they're very useful. So what were your first interactions with songwriting like? Was it something that came naturally to you, do you think? I was in in Medellin. I was working as a civil engineer. I I have um studied civil engineering and then I I was working there for 2 years. And um, I started to to go out with this group of people with this collective in Medellín that were making music. And uh, one of them um, told me how to use Ableton and how to record and stuff. And then, I don't know, very naturally out of curiosity and also maybe because I had this, this um, sensibility and also because I... As a kid, I was in the choir and I was playing piano, guitar and stuff. So I had some, you know, like I could maybe sit and and uh, play two chords and see what happens. And uh, so that was the first approach. And I guess from then, it's been just a very intuitive process, definitely, since the beginning. Just trying out things and try to resolve them myself and try to uh, really make it my own um Process in solitude, like I really like that. Even though it's dysfunctional, because I know, you know, when I listen to things from the past, it's like, oh, this sounds so <laughs> crappy. But, but it's part of it.
0: I mean, personally, although I've known almost my whole life that I wanted to write, it took me until I was in my mid twenties, I would say, to figure out exactly what type of journalism I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. So, would you say your musical growth has kind of been like that? Like you seem to, you seem to have figured out sort of the spoken word thing a bit later on in life but also it seems like you just go with the flow and if you decide next year you want to do something else then you would do it I
1: would say I go more in that direction because I do I mean once I'm there maybe everything kind of makes sense and then I feel like um empowered you know like uh within the, the the decisions and the process that I decided to to carry on but I yeah I never I get really surprised you know when I think in um In the past, and then I think, like, well, thinking about this moment, you know, doing spoken word, I would say I would never do that, you know, (laughs) because uh, I could listen to pieces back in the day that only had spoken word, and I thought, ah, how odd that people do that, actually. But but now it makes total sense, but also because I did a very conscious... um, Conscious work and that it, it's not... I mean, for me, it's more like a complete technology. Like, it's not only that I'm reading uh, the words that I wrote. Like, I'm paying close attention to micro changes in the, in the tone. For example, um, one of the lyrics says very simple words, like, for example, mineral. And so you can say mineral, you can say mineral... And then it has a very specific rhythm that corresponds the rhythm of the song, you know. And so this is a work that uh, definitely I wouldn't have done it if the music wasn't there, you know. I, I, I could read this so differently, you know. Like if I just read you out loud one of their lyrics, it would not coincide with the intention and everything that I did while I was doing it with the music and the rhythm and the pulses because there is a lot of pulses in the in the in the record as a technology There are things that are impossible for me to do like in real life, you know, for example, playing with stereo, you know, like I would have to be walking around you very fast for you to get the effect that I wanted to achieve. That is almost like crossing, crossing your own body. And then I thought this is very cool. Like you have the medium of the recording and try to make something odd that you wouldn't experience in real life with this kind of um, simple spoken poetry you
0: know actually when I, I was just said this like i was listening to the record before i came here i was with a friend of mine and i was saying that i keep when i was listening to it with my headphones on i kept having to i kept taking them out and because I, I thought somebody was like in the next room you know Oh uh, but it was just all coming from the headphones is, is that what you
1: meant yeah that's one of the things i love working with like try to work with specialization but also I mean, for example, there is a piece that I that I have here because I found it today actually when I was um looking at things and um and this one for example it has clusters of, of words and uh, the way I like to think it and so for example I'm saying all these sentences all at once because I recorded it and I edited. It. And uh the way I like to think it is as if the poem existed in its own uh, right, like linear um, existence or whatever, but for some reason you encounter it like in a in a diagonal <laughs> position, and then there is some 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 sentences that come to you all together. But if you just you just move a little bit, then you encounter them like. Um, continuously and you can understand them and so this was more or less an exercise that i wanted to do with this piece for example to play with that that and this is what i mean that is a technology because otherwise i wouldn't be able to do it myself
0: there's an interview of yours where you were talking about using a Walter Benjamin text to create a technique where you jump into words. Yeah. So what does that mean exactly? Can you tell me a bit about that process?
1: It it was in CCG, definitely my second album. I remember that time, the thing was that I was passing through a peculiar psychological situation in which I was... Like I don't know, there was a lot of noise in my head, and I was living in a flat in Barcelona that was very noisy outside. Everything was noisy. I was living on top of a metro uh, line, and if I connected my base it would like the like the magnetic field would create noise in it like everything was difficult, you know there, so I decided to to even bring like more uh, complexity to that, so I was playing films and playing music and having books and everything, like, very intense. I realized that I could um, improvise because I like, I very much like, like, first takes of, um, of singing because there is a very, very peculiar something that then when you try to achieve it, it doesn't it just doesn't work. You didn't have the microphone in the exact same position. Your voice wasn't in that particular way. And um so for that one, what I did is that I took a book that I was reading of Benjamin, but it could have been any other book, honestly. And um I just started to jump into words until, you know, like I was reading from a fragment something, but kind of thinking that it would make sense, you know, like a. It's not just very random, you know, like I was trying, okay, how can I make a sentence? And uh, if you compare both texts, they're kind of saying the same, but it's different. It's very, it's just different, you know. And so I really like this um, way of working. And this is what I used for that album quite a lot because of that, because I wasn't so focused to write lyrics myself so that was a technique a strategy
0: you mentioned this earlier but we were talking about sort of which comes first the music or the lyrics can you talk a bit about sort of what that process is like
1: for me it's two parallel words that somehow they collide just because you are lucky (laughs) in a moment of life that you just take the microphone and everything makes sense Mm. sometimes it doesn't you know and uh, in the case of the text before of the walter benjamin it was, yeah, it was just chance-based, you know. I had already the music and then I started to, for some reason, the the book was opening that page and then I started to jump in and then, ah, makes sense, you know. And you feel when something makes sense. And so you just leave it that way because I thought, I mean, I wouldn't write, I wouldn't want to write something else, you know, like to start replacing words. Also because you have then... The same problem you know like to record the same intention like i said is very difficult to achieve you know because i'm working in a in a home studio environment and sometimes i don't even know the exact parameters on the w- under which i recorded something in the past you know i could i don't remember which microphone i use or something and then to come back to that specific sound is very hard that is what makes the piece for me even though you then have to uh, try to see how you perform it but this is another story but for the recording it makes sense to to just take the one that you feel is the strongest mm-hmm. like in this way
0: is that the same in terms of production like when you say recording, do you mean words and also the actual track itself well we, we were saying before about this sort of jumping into words and then you, you mentioned earlier um, just kind of seeing what happens so is it the same sort of process you take the recording take that is the strongest or that you connect with the most
1: mm, with the recording is different because i do have more control over what i am doing but just because there are systems that can be i mean that have less parameters to to change but with the voice there are so many parameters it's your own voice is your own day your own intention whatever and then Like I said, the microphone, the position, you know, the space. Was I laying down? Was I standing up? Was, I don't know, you know, like my voice today is this way and tomorrow is going to be totally different and the intention. But mm, with this, I become a little bit more organized with the the music creation. So I do write a lot of formulas, you know, and I write a lot of, mm, yeah, Sequencing processes, you know, so that I can achieve them later on. And uh, also because I, I know, I have in mind that I have to perform this eventually live. So I always try to be as organized as I can to come back to that. So that is easier. and um, But sometimes it could happen that really it was spur of the moment and then something just, you know, through the whatever pedal, microphone and then I didn't care to write it down and then that's it that's Mm. the only take I have and this is what I work with
0: Are there also points where your voice becomes the music? You said in an interview once that you sometimes like to use your voice as a texture or a melody or a rhythm can you tell me a bit about that?
1: Yeah totally, I mean in this record there is not only the spoken thing but I also used a lot of vocoding and uh, many pieces have Only the voice processed to the extreme that it becomes the the melody of the song as well. And texture or breathing or... So just going back to Anticline's, the opening track Edge, Mm -hmm. I I
0: love it so much, but it feels sort of like a... Like when I was listening to it again today, I got the feeling it was sort of like an incantation or like a spell. The tone of your voice is sort of that way, whereas with other tracks, I don't feel that at all. So like, Mm -hmm. can you tell me a bit about different ways that you
1: speak I guess yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah totally I mean for this one specifically because of the, the story that I'm telling or the how the poem it's a Colombian myth yeah it's a Colombian myth called El Borado and it's supposed to be um, a monster in the jungle that when you encounter him he would grab you hug you and then um, make your insides become pulp. And so then he makes a hole in your scalp, and then he takes everything out, and then he blows air into your body, and then you just become this bubbling... You know, whatever. <laughs> so I was using that as a metaphor, of course, for some kind of extreme love or something like that. And then... Um, how can I possess the other from within, and feel, start to feel their pulses, like everything you know, and this is also a piece that is kind of an answer or um, hmm, how can I say it, like a reply or something like that to another piece that is uh, by Melody Sumner Canahan called. Tuesday, 3 a.m. In which a guy is also saying in a very direct way to someone that if if he if the other person doesn't love him to the point that he can peel off his skin, it wouldn't be worth it, you know. <laughs> so I was kind of I I took inspiration from that song and from this myth to 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 do this and to also kind of reply to or tell you this very, very seriously, like looking at you, all these stories and then all the story and see, you know, like a, a very honest declaration that is very sick as well. So I thought this has to be, because if I add more drama to this, this is going to be like really strange mm. or really, it's going to go like into a gothic song <laughs> or I don't know. So I thought it has to be like a very neutral kind of tone, like as, as if I was explaining, you know, how the air conditioning works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is very intense and I, I really like that contrast. And yes. this is what I was saying before, like to place yourself in another position to explain something but you are explaining something completely different and the contrast is what kind of puts it all together
0: and so on the record there's sort of these elements of that are more spoken word and then others which sound a bit more like singing um so what do those different ways of speaking symbolize what is their intention or how is their intention different from each other within the context of the record well i guess they respond to to the different themes Tar, for example, is my favorite track from the record. Mm-hmm. And it, like even though it's still your voice and it's sort of similar in how you're speaking, it's still very different, I think, the vocal elements between right. those two tracks, Edge
1: and Tar. I don't know. I mean, it's also very difficult to explain certain processes. I mean, with Edge, it's very clear because I thought about it and it was very conscious, you know, like I, I would like to have this kind of voice, Pause. Try to pronounce as better as I can, <laughs> and uh, but with Tar, it was actually the first take that I did for this song because, as I said, I had already the lyrics, so I could just I had the rhythm going on. It was like a basic loop with a with a with a first seed of the song, and then I don't know, very spontaneously, this happened, you know, and this kind of variations in the voice that is like singing yet spoken like there is a thin line there because I'm really not only speaking you know like I wouldn't speak to you like it fell more or less <laughs> slowing <laughs> it would be kind of strange but uh it made sense to the rhythm and to what I was trying to say I don't know
0: so what does the performance of those different vocal styles mean for you like you sort of mentioned this earlier but are you thinking about how to perform them when you are thinking about what type of speaking voice you're going to use?
1: No, I guess at the time that I record specifically to voice, I don't think so much about the way I'm going to do it live, Mm. definitely. What I do think is the processes because i have to reproduce them but i know that the voice i have to reproduce it but, mm-hmm. but it's in its voice, own so right <laughs> and its own context <laughs> and whatever with the flu that i have that day and whatever i guess well they definitely transform in the in each space and with Spaces that have a lot of reverb is totally different the intention, you know, like this song that is so dry I barely put effects to it, but compression, it becomes something else. And when I was performing in Atonal it felt like more like a sermon than uh, like an intimate um um declaration, you know. Mm. Was it weird
0: sort of speaking like that? in front of an audience do you know what
1: I mean like no I actually love it and especially with edge is something that because I feel well everything is a fiction and all all pieces are pieces of fiction which I'm trying to impersonate something so it's really nice actually with edge specifically And I had a really nice experience playing in a a festival in Spain during the day. And we were in a botanical garden and people were sitting and everybody was just very relaxed with their glasses on. And then I was, I don't know, for some reason, I was very, I don't know, I took power and being in this kind of context, like a botanical garden, jungly, and then I felt like, I was really the monster, you know. <laughs> and then I was l- looking at everybody's eyes and saying these words. And I could feel sometimes like they were uncomfortable, you know, because I was saying things like, uh, uh, and I would be the breath and I would press against the back of your eyeballs, the root of your spine, the back of your teeth, the smile of your shoulders, the inside of your navel. <laughs> and then I'm looking at people's eyes because it's something that I love to do, like this kind of confrontation. And they're like... Oh, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and this is something that I love that I've never done before. But this is something that is is a new a new kind of practice for me because in the past I would be performing just looking at the machines and not having this kind of confrontation. This is something that came out out of doing it, out of just learning as well. Because I've been with a friend of mine that she's a performer. She's been teaching me like techniques on how to open my chest and how to look and the different ways of looking from I don't know here or open your, you know, side to wide or to specific points. And this is something that I try to practice and that I really enjoy doing it. And then along with the lyrics, I it makes total sense because then I feel some I'm totally not myself you know I'm something else that is carrying this message and I'm trying to intensify it somehow. I was reading an interview of
0: yours where you were saying that recently you've been learning Mm -hmm. to use your voice in a way that you feel more comfortable with can you talk to me a bit about the changes that you were going through the kind of transition that you're going through is it just to do with the theatrics that you were just talking about?
1: I guess it has to do as well with the fact that I was just at the edge of speaking and not singing because I guess in the past I was trying to sing and uh, maybe I was, you know, because when you sing you, all, you always have like this kind of tradition that you're trying to imitate, you know, and I'm not someone that has like a very gifted voice I would say and so singing is a very complex Process and then when I was doing it in the past, I was suffering from that, you know, mm, from trying to do it in a very specific way, being in tune and having this attitude, and on top of that, perform it and conf- be be confronting or be like um, oh, I forgot the word. Well, just not being totally closed on stage. Like extroverted, I guess. Yeah, ext- extroverted. This was the first approach into something that I feel, okay, this is my voice, but this is also many voices of mine that I haven't explored as well. And uh, and one of many voices that I use because it's also something that I think about a lot you know like you have so many voices
0: that's really interesting
1: and so many voices that you don't even share with everybody you know like maybe your lover is the only lucky (laughs) one to have a certain specific voice Mm -hmm. when you're in a certain proximity or or something so I was trying to explore that a little bit in this on this record but this is the beginning I mean like I would love to to see how I can take this further and uh, explore more voices and find more voices.
0: I read that you identify somewhat with Robert Ashley's work and how he consciously deals with accents and pauses and breathing. Can you talk a bit about that and maybe tell me a bit about how you deal with accents and pauses
1: and breathing in your own performances? Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Robert Ashley, of course, I. he's... Well, I mean, it's it's very difficult to you know like to talk about someone that you admire and that you also don't know so little about. Actually, I was seeing something about Robert Ashley recently that he says that you cannot know a piece until you perform it. And this is so so right but also so weird to say because uh Would that mean that no one would understand my piece until they kind of try to say it? But in this way of talking about specifically spoken word, I do understand what he means, because sometimes, yeah, you have a text, and um, if he indicates a pause between two words that is totally odd for you, it's very difficult to do. And so when you are confronted with this kind of breaks, um that break the flow of your natural way of speaking. Um, I think it's just fascinating to work with that. And, and, and I mean, it's really, it's really admirable that he achieved so much and so many possibilities just by doing that. I was actually today listening to a piece that I didn't know. And uh, so what he's doing is an exercise in which he's saying a text of a book with just one breath, you know, every page. And it's so wonderful, you know, like to listen to that because you're like, there's something odd here, but you don't know until you know that it's just one breath. And he's a a talent. I mean, he has a very, very amazing voice. Of course, I mean, I identify, I admire his work and uh, I wish I could learn more. And I guess, but I guess there's so much to learn. So, I mean, do you consciously
0: think about those kinds of things like pauses or breathing and things like that when you're performing or when you're recording?
1: Yeah, definitely for this work, yeah. Like I said, um, for pieces, you know, like let me just, for example, write...
0: This is a really nice little book.
1: Yeah, there is specifically one that I break a little bit more the... Yeah, for example, Glass Brain... It is like, for example, I make longer S's or ifs, if we were, you know, like maybe in a moment of doubt, I would do that, you know, but this is not something that you would do all the time, you know, what if, or that's that if, mm-hmm. or, you and know. I mean,
0: it makes it s- such a different, it makes it such a different piece to hear you say it. When I'm just looking, like, in comparison to when I'm just looking at the words on a page.
1: Right, exactly. Also, and then what I said before, like, for example, this specific piece, I wanted to have the voice all over your brain or your um, perception. So, of course, like I said, this is something that I wouldn't achieve if I didn't have this technology. And it's not only the way I break the words, but also that the if and that part of the F is like... going around your head. And these are decisions that I take because of the technology of recording.
0: So when did you discover the capabilities of your own voice? And what did that discovery look like? Like, how did it happen? What were you doing? I mean, was it just, as you were saying earlier, trying something out and experimenting?
1: Yeah, I think it's more that because I wouldn't say that I discovered anything. (laughs) I mean, I just work with uh, what I have and then I I try to enjoy it, you know? Like, I try to... um, Uh, play with what I have and what I what I find it's exciting to me you know like uh, stereo has been and has always it's always probably gonna be I don't know if I would ever do like a mono piece and like I always want to take advantage of that I think it's a very amazing thing to do and also being conscious that sometimes people will miss it you know like uh, if they listen to my pieces or or to this kind of music in a computer, they're barely gonna perceive that intention and that effort that I put so much work into. So you've also said that you tend to analyze
0: people speaking, the modulations of their voice, and how it changes depending on the scenario or the emotion that they're speaking with. Is that what you meant by the different voices that you have? Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. definitely.
1: And I love, I yeah, it's a, it's fascinating for me too. I, I mean, with my friends, even like people that I know for so long, is I keep analyzing them, you know, like, why did you do that? Why did you just speak to me in this very specific way, you know? And uh, even myself, sometimes I discover because of other people tell me I've never heard you speak in this way (laughs) or uh, I was going to say like what have you noticed
0: about the way your own voice changes in different scenarios or with different emotions
1: I know it changes completely (laughs) and especially with languages as well like I'm probably totally different and I wouldn't be talking to you this way if I didn't know it was an interview (laughs) but uh yeah so yeah we have so many voices and I love it
0: What other ways do you hope to explore spoken word or vocals in the future? Like, do you feel like we or you perhaps have reached the limit of what the voice can do? And if not, what else is there?
1: No, of course, we haven't (laughs) reached any limit (laughs) at all. And I guess if we had, I mean, it would be pointless. You could feel frustrated because you don't find something in a process, you know, like this has happened definitely that I'm like blocked or that I don't know what to do what else to do but then you just need time i mean you i really believe in processes of working i love putting together information and how that starts to form and how that starts to bring its own um life you know uh and so I really believe in the process of working. Like if you just sit enough time and put information together, something is going to co- come out of that. And um, in regards to spoken word, or I think I, I wouldn't talk about a limit. Maybe it's just that I don't want to do it anymore and I want to explore another way of singing or whatever. But I do I do feel I could keep on working on this on this uh type of technology for for a while. I don't know. I, I it's still it's still there in my mind. It's still there in my work present and in the in the current things that I'm doing, you know, not only my own work but uh the work that I do with in collaboration. There is a lot of spoken spoken word poetry.
0: And so is there something or some way of speaking that you hope to explore in the future or experiment with?
1: Languages, as I said, I would like to work more with uh, languages because definitely that would bring other personalities that I haven't been able to explore because of the limits of English speaking and my own limits as a non uh speaker, non no, speaker, no, <laughs> <laughs> non native non speaker would be good. Um but still I mean regardless of the language, I guess there is many things you can do. Working just with intonation, for example. Like I feel in this in this in this album is very limited in a way. You know, like I'm only spoken in this kind of range, you know, that is kind of more lower, but maybe I should speak very In high pitch, or something, I don't know. Or more comedic, or I don't know, I have no idea. But I'm open to explore.